Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Faction Podcast. My name is Joe Lapenta, and I am here with my friend Ramali. Hello, folks. Welcome back. I hope you missed us for this past week. Yeah, sorry we were gone last week. I had a little trip. I was busy, you know, being a Hollywood star last week. Uh, but we are back today, and we are here with our review of week. What week is it? Week 12. Well, this is week 12, yes. Week 12. I was gone for one week, and I already forgot what week it is. But this is one of the last games before the playoffs. We only got one more left uh, for a standard season who is 14, 15, 16 in the playoffs. If you are 15, 16, 17, change your rules right now. You should not be playing your championship in week 17. Yeah, week 17 is just an awful idea. That's a good way for the best team to like just lose. So we are going to take it game by game as always. And we are going to start out with the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Anything you got to say before we dive into these games? No, I just want to say that I missed you a lot and I was really sad we couldn't do this last week. I was talking myself back and forth, switching chair positions and stuff. <laughs> it would have been interesting to see that happen. You should have recorded it. It could have been a bonus episode. I did, but it was a video recording, no audio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, creepy. No, it wasn't, but let's start off with the Indianapolis Colts. What did you like about this game, Joe? I didn't like a whole lot. Didn't like a whole lot at all. Um, I expected a little bit more from Jacoby Brissett. He is somebody who I um, anticipated being a great ad this week against the Houston Texans, who's a little weak. I was a little bit surprised about Jonathan Williams and the heavy workload he had. Is he going to be a trustable starter while Marlon Mack's gone? Yeah, I mean, this Houston, Texas defense I thought was going to be poor all around, and I thought Brissett was a person they were going to rely on, but this is back-to-back weeks that Jonathan Williams has won for over 100 yards, and he had 26 carries this week, so if he's in your you know, waiver wire, go pick him up. He's somebody to pick up. I mean, it's pretty skimp what you're going to have out there to scoop up at this point in the season. If he's out there and Mac is injured, go pick him up. Start him if you have to, I guess. It just At this point in the season, I have, I have a good feel for who the guys are and who they're not, and I'm less likely to start unknown commodities. Yeah, in addition to those uh, rushing yards, he had three catches for 17 yards as well. There's not a definite timetable on Max return yet, so he's definitely somebody that you could ride for the next couple of weeks. Joe, Jacoby Brissett, as you said, was a little bit disappointing. Not a lot of work in the passing game. T.Y. Hilton... Only three catches, and it was only for 18 yards. Jack Doyle, second in targets. Uh, Eric Ebron, first. What do you think about this passing game? Is it just a you know a slump, or is this something we should be worried about in the future? The Texans have one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, I'd be worried unless I see something else, but at, at this point in the season, I think T.Y. Hilton is the only keeper. Um Pascal, who I raved about for, you know, probably two, three weeks in a row. I was like, oh, you know, he's the guy, he's the guy. And this is while Hilton was injured. He did absolutely nothing on either of the weeks that, you know, he was available for your waiver wire to be picked up, you know, probably these two, three last weeks. Stay away from him. There's not much to have. I think this passing offense is going to be focused on Hilton. 
maybe a running back is going to catch something and then both of those tight ends are going to have their three to five catches for 40 yards because it's just not a there's just not a lot of intensity in this passing offense so i would stay away really from everybody except hilton and even with hilton it's more of a flex yeah as you said hilton's probably the only one to target here they got some difficult matches coming up you know they got yeah they have the titans they got the saints yeah saints and they have the titans last week or the titans are you know it's a divisional game so they're both six and five so i think the titans ideally would show up for that game they do have the buccaneers coming up uh the first week of the fantasy playoffs it's definitely a time to start t by hilton but honestly, I'm yeah, that's not it, feeling Brissett. Yeah, that's it. Just just Hilton at that point. Brissett, I mean, you have to be in like a 18-team league to even think about Brissett at this point in the season. You have better guys out there like Baker and... I even mean, Sam Baker, Darnold really. Even Sam point. Darnold, really. Yeah, you're right. Tannehill. But let's Tannehill, move on for to... sure. Yeah, let's, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the Texans because there's not a lot to say about the Colts. Deshaun Watson, two touchdowns, almost 300 yards. You know, you got the same old, same old from the running game. Nothing exciting there. I think the big talk is going to be Will Fuller. Didn't even see the end zone, but he had seven receptions for 140 yards. Is he back on this team? Is this going to be a solid wide receiver too, or is this just a boom for him? No, this is just a boom. He had that one boom game in the first quarter of the season. I think it was game three or game four this year. And then the rest of the games, he was giving you 20 to 40 yards with like two to three receptions, no touchdowns. I'm still staying away from Will Fuller. It has to be a desperation play. Um, because of that boom capability, I guess he's better than, you know, safer guys out there that might give you six or seven points. Then, yeah, he's he's worth throwing out there. It was nice to see that it got 11 targets. I don't I don't see that lasting. DeAndre, it's, I mean, it's all about DeAndre Hopkins in this game. I think the rest of the season, the focus is going to be on him. He has been playing a lot better lately, especially in the touchdown department these last three, four games. So it's all about Hopkins. The running game is the running game. I don't trust either one of those guys with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde either personally. Yeah, I'm not trusting anyone in the running game either. I am going to hold Fuller if you can. If you have an extra roster spot, hold him throughout the playoffs. That week 16 matchup, uh, it's a really easy matchup. He's going against the Buccaneers, so it's going to be a high-scoring game. He does have tougher matchups, but he also has the Titans coming up. You know, like he said, he could boom on that. He could bust on that. But I'm going to keep him on my bench. Probably not start him confidently, though. Definitely won't drop him. Moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Nothing much good to say here. We got the Detroit Lions and the Washington Redskins next. And Deshaun Kaiser, oh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins comes out on top here, and he was so happy that he left the field before the game was over. Yeah, he was. He took a, a selfie with a very lucky fan there, so that was that was pretty awesome. If you are that fan, be like, hey, man, he left the game just for me because we know each other. <laughs> and Case Keenum had to come in and uh, do the last snap. That's what he's there for. <laughs> so I mean nothing much to say here Terry McLaurin did decent 5 receptions, 72 yards didn't find the end zone I think the biggest story here is going to be Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson splitting the ball down the middle none of them really that efficient uh, you know 3.2 for Geis 2.7 for Adrian Peterson I think it is a positive sign that Darius Geis is getting more work I just don't think he's going to be an effective running back 
at all this season. What do you think? Yeah, I'm staying away from all the running backs. It's just not that type of offense that's going to see a lot of red zone opportunities to begin with. So, I mean, if they're not getting your touchdowns, they're definitely not going to blow up and get 150 yards for you. And they don't get um, a lot of catches, either one of them. So I'm staying away from them. I mean, I'm staying away from this whole offense except Terry McLaurin. He had 12 targets this game. Yeah, he only had five receptions and 72 yards, and he dropped a couple of those passes. He's the only guy they're going to focus on, and he does have speed. So he's he's a boom and bust like Fuller, like you were just talking about, but he is the number one target on a bad team. So he's the only person I would even remotely think about on this offense. Yeah, he's someone you're not going to feel confident starting, but again, like Fuller, he's somebody you're going to be rostering, and hopefully that him and Haskins just develop a little bit better rapport down the stretch. Because as you said, the targets are there. They just need to make that connection. But 72 yards on five catches, that's not bad. Imagine if he just caught eight or nine of those balls. He would easily have over 100 yards and maybe a touchdown. Yeah, and that's what we're hoping um, going through the rest of the season. So he's a definite you know, wide receiver too. If you're poor at that position, and definite flex star just because of the big play opportunity that he has. But uh, looking on at the Detroit side of the ball, I mean... Pretty much the same thing to say on this side of the ball. Quarterback did nothing. Running backs, you had Bo Scar- Scarbo. He had 98 yards, no touchdowns. Didn't do anything in the receiving game. So, I mean, other than Kenny Galladay, that's, you know, you have to start him because he's still a very good wide receiver. Just this whole team is, I don't know. I just, I just don't like the rest of this team and the outlook for the rest of the season at all. I agree. And I am worried about Galladay because, you know, they're getting a lot of running work and Jeff Driscoll has been taking the ball on his own a lot there has been a lot of quarterback design uh runs that I think from the moment that the ball was snapped it was meant to be a run from Driscoll he had nine rushes for 63 yards so he was very efficient on the ground and that kind of takes away from the opportunities through the air Kenny Galladay only four receptions on four targets Marvin Jones 11 receptions so he's still seen a large piece of the work oh wait 11 targets Five receptions. Sorry about that. So he's seen a large piece of the work. He's cannibalizing these, you know, touches from Holiday. So I am not entirely confident in Kenny G going forward. And I would rather have McLaurin going forward. What do you think about that one? McLaurin versus Galladay. I'll I'll definitely take McLaurin on that simply because bigger play potential type of guy. They both have the same type of quarterback there. They both teams don't have a good running game. But at least McLaurin is the number one option, and that's clear. There's no Amendola behind him, no Marvin Jones behind him. He's just a better option there. Agreed. Let's move on to the Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Nick Foles, what a game. 272 yards with no touchdowns. This was a Leonard Fournette outing. 24 carries, 97 yards with two touchdowns. Um, he hadn't had a touchdown on the ground yet, right? I think he'd had, yeah, he'd had two touchdowns all season, altogether, okay. in general. Um, and now he got two this game. And now he got two this game, so that and was really nice to see. they were both inside the five. They were both inside the five, so that was nice to see. He had 24 carries, what he usually does. He had 97 yards. That's great to see. More importantly, he was the number one target in the receiving game. Um, I mean, the receiving game, it was all about Fournette and Westbrook. So they got, you know, Westbrook had eight receptions on nine targets, Fournette had nine receptions on 12 targets, so it's really just about those two guys going the rest of the season for me. 
Yeah, I think Fournette is a must-start and maybe a top-five running back going forward. Now, the thing is, as you mentioned, D.D. Westbrook, the lion's share of the targets here. You know, D.J. Chark still had six. Do you think this is kind of a shift between receivers? You think Chark is just gaining more coverage now so Westbrook is open and it could kind of flop between them, kind of like a Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? Or do you think that D.D. is the standout wide receiver now that uh, Nick Foles is back? I think with Nick Foles being back, D.D. is the go-to guy. And I think the book, you know, I was saying earlier in the season, the book is going to come out on Chark. And it hasn't fully come out because, you know, this team, the last couple of weeks, they've been playing a lot of just catch-up. You know, they they got smoked by Indianapolis last week. They got beat 33-13. And Chark had a really big game. He had eight receptions for 104 yards and two touchdowns in that game. But, yeah, it might be a flip-flop, but neither one of the guys is a safe player. But I think just with Foles coming back, I think he's going to have just better connectivity with uh, D.D. Westbrook back there because he's not going to want to take a lot of shots down the field because he was never known to do that. He's more of a game manager, I would say, with these weapons at least that he has. You know, for me, I think that all of these guys are starts going forward. Fournette, Westbrook, and Chark. You can't leave them out of your lineup. Not because you may have paid something to acquire them, but they probably got the best schedule in the NFL for the remainder of this fantasy season at least. So next week, they got the Buccaneers. The week after that, they got the Chargers. The week after that, the Raiders. And in the fantasy championship, they have the Falcons. These are four straight great matchups. So I am firing up all Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, I have D.D. Westbrook in like all my leagues. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire him up at least uh, for Atlanta when I make it to the championship round. And then I'm definitely going to start him this upcoming week against the Buccaneers. All right, well, hopefully we don't meet in the playoffs. I just, you know. I'm pretty sure you and I have gotcha. met in the playoffs before and you remember those results, Joe. <laughs> yes. This is a new year. <laughs> new year, same side. results, though. All right, all right. We're not talking about your diet plan, or Molly. <laughs> oh, okay. But I, I am, I am running now, though. <laughs> all right. The Titans, dominated by Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry does it again. Nineteen total touches, 159 yards, and two touchdowns with a long run of 74 yards. This guy's just incredible with these long runs. He's not even fast. He just can't be taken down. He's not, and does like that big touchdown he had that seventy-four yarder. I was watching that, and you know, I mean, those Jaguars defenders just they they try to tackle him with their hands. They didn't even put an arm or a body onto him. They're just like, oh, I'm gonna see if my hand can take this big man down, and that obviously didn't work. So Derrick Henry obviously is a surefire. About Ryan Tannenhill, I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, he had four touchdowns. Two of those touchdowns came in the running game, and we all know he's a very athletic quarterback, and he can easily, you know, get another touchdown, you know, these upcoming weeks as well. Uh, that's pretty easy. But he only had 18 attempts in the passing game, so he's not as a surefire starter for me as everybody's making it seem. I mean, if you're desperate, and you know, if you're stuck with guys like Nick Foles and whatnot, and even De- De- Derek Carr, like we were talking about earlier, yeah, Ryan Tannehill is a better start uh, than them both of those guys right now, but. Only 18 attempts, and that does worry me a little bit. I'm not as confident about just throwing him out there and being like, hey, he's going to give me at least like 18 points. He'll give me something, you know. I'm not as confident to say that. Yeah, I'm not going to start him every week. 
Um, even if you assume you make it to the championship, I'm not going to start him every week. He's definitely going to be streamed. He has the Raiders, but he has the Texans as well. But then he has the Saints in the fantasy championship. So he's somebody that you could, you know, play as a, um, off your bench is your second quarterback choice. Or if you have a two QB league, obviously it's probably a starter or maybe a QB three in that league, depending on how you drafted. But I'm definitely holding on to him if I can, because that, that rushing ability he showed is a lot more promising. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a really good front and he broke through that um, on both of his touchdowns. So hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Tannehill just, you know, stymied on the Dolphins, like every quarterback there, like Josh Rosen. Maybe Josh Rosen would be an all-star if he's somewhere else. Yeah, maybe he was. I don't know what the future for that kid is. That's that's a shame what happened to his career. That was a, this has been a really tough start because he'll probably be on some other team this upcoming year because I'm sure the Dolphins are going to... Take someone else. Yeah, they're going to take someone else. So What about Derrick Henry next year? Is he going to be a first-round draft pick? No, uh, no. The results show that he should be, but there's, still can't trust him. there's just a fear about him. Like maybe just the name <laughs> is just not, you know, appetizing enough or just the fact that he plays for Tennessee and they're just like um just a dry team when it comes on especially when it comes to offense and the instability of the quarterback there. So no, no, he's not. He's still gonna be a third rounder just like he was this year, and he's probably gonna slip to the fourth round just like he slipped in a lot of drafts this year. I mean, I can see second round. I don't think he's going to go in the fourth. This guy's like a sour patch kid. You don't want to love him, but he's sweet and sour. So everyone remembers the sour, though. I thought you didn't have much of a sweet tooth, but sure. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about the receiving end of Tennessee. Nothing sweet here. Um, yeah, yeah AJ, Brown. AJ Brown had his 135 yards and one touchdown, but do I trust that? No, not one bit. Only on so, five targets, four yeah, receptions. So that is Average what it 33 is. 33 yards at reception. Yeah, that, that I mean, A.J. Brown is what it is. He'll have his one good game every four. The previous the previous game, he only had one reception. Two weeks ago against Carolina, he only had four receptions. Previously in Tampa Bay, he only had two receptions for 11 yards. So I'm not, I'm not buying into it. That's an extreme desperation play because of the matchups coming up, but... I'm just I'm just not buying into that with confidence at all. Yeah, he's he's a hold if you can, but like you said, I'm not buying into it. It's only five um, targets, and it's not going to happen every week. He just kind of got lucky this week. Um, Derrick Henry, the only one I'm really trusting. Tan Hill, like I said, he's going to be my backup if I can get him. Yeah, he's a good backup. He's like a Jameis Winston type of backup, I'd say almost. <laughs> Winston's the starter. You never know what he's going to give. <laughs> no. All right. Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots. How about that rain, boys? It was a very <laughs> rainy, slippery, ugly game, I would say. I mean, it was an ugly game. Randall Cobb was the leading receiver. Four receptions, 86 yards, and seven targets. No one saw that coming. And there wasn't even a touchdown score by the Cowboys. All field goals. Yeah, and... Um, Another shocking thing to me was this This is the third time they said during the game uh, that this has happened in his career, but Amari Cooper had zero receptions on only two targets. So I know he was defended by Gilmore, and he's the best cornerback in the league and whatnot, but 
I mean, he's got to see more targets than, you know, guys like Randall Cobb and Gallup and Blake Goldwyn and Tony Pollard saw four targets. Jason Witten saw four targets. I mean, that's that's on the coaching staff. And I know Jerry was poking at the coaching staff in the interview after the game. But that's definitely on the coaching staff. Like, you got to get him involved. Like, those elite receiver against elite cornerback, those are 50-50, like, matchups, you know. Like, you don't expect him to have a great game, but you got to still attack that good corner. Passing game as a whole was hurting, which affected the ground game. Ezekiel Elliott, only 21 carries, 86 yards. You know, he still averaged four yards a carry, but that is not a Zeke game. He kind of made up for it in the passing game. Four receptions for 40 yards. So you were happy with Zeke's performance. Uh, Dak Prescott with the stinker. I wouldn't be too worried. I think he'll be fine going forward. It was just a tough matchup against the Patriots. And you know what? He has some tough matchups coming up. But I think he'll still be okay. You know, he has the Bills, the Bears, the Rams are fine. And the Eagles will be a great matchup in the championship. So don't panic on Dak yet. Maybe have a second guy if you're worried about him. Yeah, no, I wouldn't worry about I mean, Dak and Zeke to me are surefire starts every week. If you if if you're going into the playoffs and you have a better quarterback than Doc Prescott, you should have traded Doc Prescott. Like you should have <laughs> packaged him for something earlier in the season and, you know, got an R B one and or a wide receiver one. Um if you didn't do that then that's your fault. I'm still not worried about Amari Cooper. This game was just what it was, so I wouldn't worry too much. I would start him confidently. Even if they play the Patriots the next four weeks, I would start all three of those guys again, like without even thinking about it. And I'm not rushing for Randall Cobb. Leave Randall Cobb on the waiver wire. He's nothing. Yeah, no, let that man be. He he peaked like six seasons ago and with the Packers, so let that man be. But For the Patriots, Tom Brady is not a viable quarterbacks no he's not and especially obviously with all the injuries they have i'll stay away from tom brady if he gets all his guys healthy and you know he it's a good matchup for them to pass then yeah start him but he's definitely not like a top 10 top 15 even quarterback where you know you feel safe starting him the running game we finally saw some life with sony michelle which was really nice to see i know you you have him on one of your squads and you started him this week. And I was like, oh, son of a gun. I thought he was going to give you like three points this week. And you were playing against me. And obviously, you only play well in the regular season when you play against me. So, <laughs> you know, it was what it was. You know, the Patriots, in typical Patriots fashion, gives Tony Michelle 20 touches and all the other running backs no more than two. And then next week, Sony will have like five touches and the other running backs yeah, will have like a 10 Rex each. Burkhead game or something weird next week. Exactly. So it's hard to trust them. I hope that we see from Sony what we saw at the end of the season last year where they really relied on him because, you know, Tom Brady started slowing down and he's slowing down here. Maybe he just can't finish the season anymore. He's just too old to do it. Let him rely on Sony Michelle, please. 20 plus touches a game. What do you think about that going from here? I still don't like it. I mean, they're not the running team that they were last year, I think they're just a bad offense this year. At least last year when they were running the ball a lot and they were running it successfully, when they did pass the ball, they were successful and very efficient. I mean, Tom Brady was 17 for 37 this game. Like, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, and they're very injured. So this is just a slow offense, you know, control the time, you know, the time of the game and control the ball, make sure they don't turn it over. Only person in this offense that's worth starting is Julian Edelman. 
he's a stud as usual, top 12, you know, wide receiver for the season. So keep starting him with confidence as a wide receiver two. But in some cases, you're probably starting him as your wide receiver one, and that's that's not the worst thing that could happen. Other than that, the, I mean, the Patriots defense is, is where it's at. They're the only two players. Yeah, Jacoby Myers got a lot of targets, pretty good yardage. Uh, four receptions on nine targets for 74 yards. I'm not running at him, though. We'll see if he could continue and maybe be the second target on this team. Everyone got excited for that first. Bikil Harry touchdown. Oh, yeah. One reception, 10 One yards. One reception, 10 yards, yep. That's my boy. We'll see. Maybe, maybe good things from him going forward. But that's about it for this game. Let's go on to the Packers and the Niners. And this one was very disappointing for me. God, what a game. Are the Packers, you know, uh, are they frauds? Are they a good team? Are they a bad team? What are they? No, I think Packers are a good team. They just got shown up like by a better team. I mean, it's not like they got shown up by a team that's like four and, you know, seven or something like that. And you're like, what happened to the Packers here? You know, San Francisco has, you know, the argument that they are the best team in the league. They're 10 and one for a reason. I mean, there's nothing to be shocked about in this game. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was going to be a more competitive game. I thought Packers were still going to put points on the board. They have Devontae Adams back. Their running backs are healthy. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been looking better this second half. So it is what it is. I'm not losing any confidence in any of my Packers guys. I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to throw 104 yards ever again unless the running game has like 290 yards. So I'm not really worried too much about the Packers. It was really nice to see that Devontae Adams, you know, they they tried to push the ball towards him. So that was nice to see because I know a lot of people drafted him probably in the top six, top seven picks this year's draft. So it was nice to see that they're going to – or that they're trying to involve him more at, at least. But Yeah, he got his first touchdown in the season, 12 targets, seven receptions, 43 yards. Just couldn't make a ton out of it. Actually, the next receiver was Geronimo Allison – with only four targets and three receptions. So Adams is getting the bulk of the wide receiver targets. Now, here's a more important question. Aaron Jones, is he losing his job to Jamal Williams? No, this I is, don't think so. This is another game where yeah, Jamal Williams is outperforming Yeah, but we've, we've had this, these Aaron discussions Jones. before, and the week after Aaron Jones comes out and scores like three touchdowns with 160 yards, and we're like, oh, well, the carries will... St- still kind of split and it's yeah that's they've been split pretty much all year when jamal williams is healthy so aaron jones is still the talented out of two backs if you have him he's an rb1 don't be silly and get nervous because joe is saying silly stuff they're facing a really good defense like it is what it is he had a bad game they had a bad game it wasn't like you know jamal williams tore it up and you know aaron jones didn't do anything it just is what it is no but he's losing his passing work to Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is going to be the one in there on passing downs now. And he's been scoring touchdowns or just getting yardage. Uh, you know, seven receptions yesterday, eight targets for 35 yards. So he has been the better back, especially in PPR, within the past, you know, three or four weeks. Just something to keep an eye on. And hopefully if you were an Aaron Jones owner, you grab Jamal Williams just in case. But then what do you do? If you did grab Jamal Williams just in case, are you going to start Jamal Williams over a number one running back? Not right now, but... But what? Like the the playoffs playoffs are like right around this... No, come on. Yeah. No. 
<laughs> no, they're just ridiculous. Yeah, let's let's move on to the San Francisco side of the ball before before I say something I'm going to regret. Oh, because you're probably going to say something outlandish and just be wrong again, you know. Oh, I haven't been wrong <laughs> on a lot of our bets this year so far, Joe. But I'm, I mean, if you want to make a bet that Aaron Jones will be a much better running back for the rest of the season than Jamal Williams, I'll take that bet. And by much better, I don't mean like, oh man, he like he beat him by six yards by two points. No, like he's gonna be much better. I don't think so. Okay, well, bet they're gonna taken, be pretty then. even. Bet taken. Then. Yeah, I'm not saying Jamal Williams is gonna blow out Aaron Jones. I'm saying Aaron Jones closely. is gonna blow out Jamal okay. Williams. I will, okay, I will take I'll, that I'll say RB one to like a, a clear RB one to like a mediocre RB two to like a med- to like a RB three. They're both RB twos. Aaron Jones Middle is RB1. Get out of here. <laughs> no, literally, like, get out of here. Get out of here. All right. I just like to stir the pot up a little bit. All right. Well, you stirred the pot, and my blood is a little boiling. You can't hear it in my voice. My ears get hot, but we can move on to the San Francisco side of the ball when we're Jimmy G. He had a good game. So if you started Jimmy G, good for you. He had a good game. He had two touchdowns, 253 yards. So He was just really efficient, though. This is still a run-first team. Even Still a run first team, right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's many other uh, quarterbacks to start out there over Jimmy Garoppolo. If you have to start him, I'll still start somebody like Ryan Tannenhill, who had pretty much the same type of attempts, just because he is a more dynamic uh, quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo is. But looking at the rushing game, I mean, the rushing game didn't do much in this game either. They only had 112 yards, so it was a grind, uh, ground out game, like. Let's see who can get that tough first down and burn some more clock. Let's see who can get the big touchdown. So they just capitalized on really in every single way they could against the Packers with their defense. I think they had like three possessions in a row where they started like in on Green Bay's side of the ball. So that's how they got the 37 points. It's not like they just lit up Green Bay just out of nowhere and they had 480 like team yards. Yeah. Only 112 yards on the ground, but they did have 22 carries over the 14 um, completions, 20 attempts. So they did go more ground heavy, but like you said, they didn't have to march down the field. They had short yardage uh, situations, short fields. But George Kittle, the leading receiver, 6 for 6, 129 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Debo Samuel also got in there with a touchdown. Only two targets, though. Caught both of them for 50 yards. You know, I think he's a good wide receiver, 3 and definitely a hold, but not somebody I'm going to start confidently. This is George Kittle's team. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll get the running backs going in the receiving game better in the future. But in this game, they just weren't there. Yeah, and it was just really all about George Kittle, like you said. Everyone else only had two receptions or less. So Emmanuel Sanders, one reception, 15 yards. He only had one target. So I don't know if, if his injury still just lingering or not, but... I didn't like what I saw from him. Like, if your quarterback has 250 yards and you're the number one receiver, you should have been a little bit more involved, at least in the target game, and he just wasn't. So I think this is just one of those themes. They focus, they pick a weakness on the field, and then they focus on that particular corner or on that particular safety, or just if the running defense of the opposite team is bad, they just focus on that. So And that's what good, good teams do. They're not an offensive juggernaut. If you have Tevin Coleman... He's a surefire starter still as like a flex because he's not been performing as RB2 lately as much. And then George Kittle, obviously, if you have him, I mean, he's a top two, top three 
or top one really tight end when he's healthy. So yeah, he's pretty much the only one you could trust in the passing game altogether. And then keep starting that Niners defense, by the way. Like, no matter, like, this beating the Packers shows, this is, like, no matter what the matchup is, keep starting them. There's there's no reason to back away from that defense. It doesn't matter on the matchup at this point. They're just an elite, like, defense. Do you think the Packers should be worried going forward? And should Aaron Rodgers' owners be worried as well? Got they some sh- decent matchups. They should be worried. What are their matchups for me, Joe? We got the Giants. Then we got the Redskins. Man, those sound like two great the Aaron Bears. Jones games. Okay, Aaron Rodgers like to dominate the Bears. So. And then they end with the Vikings. So those sound like two very tasty Aaron Jones games. And I think Aaron Rodgers probably, I would well, say, gets a big boost, uh, especially in that Bears game because he does, he does like beating on the Bears and even the Vikings, really. The Redskins do have a pretty good run defense, though, so they could shut him down there. I don't care. They're still the Redskins. They're still the Redskins. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm not worried. What are you going to do? Like bench Aaron Rodgers and start like who Ryan Tannenhill or Nick Foles? Like you're not going to do it. I would be a little bit worried or more disappointed, but I'm still rolling him out. And the Packers against the Bears that week, one of the worst, you know, matchups for him. Yeah, but he likes going against. Are you starting Aaron Rodgers against the Bears or Tannehill against the Texans? Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears. Even the week, the following week, which is the Vikings, that's going to have you know division implications because they have the same record. So Aaron Rodgers at the Bears, or no, it's Aaron Rodgers at home. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears at home, or Baker Mayfield at the Cardinals. Give me some of that Baker boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna bake him fools <laughs> see see so that's i like baker mayfield i think he's playing pretty well and that team is likes to beat up on lesser teams so they can make themselves feel like giants um <laughs> no no pun intended or anything like that but um yeah no give me baker on that for sure all right this i mean one's... hold on let me just say this i'll take aaron Rodgers, regardless of how bad the matchup is versus like someone like carson wentz even oh, if yeah. he has like a pretty decent matchup this one's a little silly but aaron Rodgers against the bears or daniel jones against the dolphins at home give me aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's what saquon is gonna try to make himself look healthy again and get 235 yards That'll be his game. All right, let's move on. Tampa Bay and the Falcons. This this was actually a pretty cool game. I act, I actually do like watching Tampa Bay play, not because of like you know you're gonna get two three interceptions a game from Winston, but they are a fun team to watch. Like they will put points on the board, and when they put points on the board, they're putting them via like very big plat- passing plays. So yeah, Jameis Winston is. On pace to lead the NFL in touchdowns as well as interceptions. Good. Good. And probably yards. He'll probably have the most yards by the end of the season. And the last one to do that was Drew Brees. I think it was in 2009. That's my boy. So, Winston, 313 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Both Both of them thrown in the first quarter. He also added 38 yards on the ground. Most of those 313 yards went to Chris Godwin, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Blue Evans 
out of the water. It looks like I won that bet that we made a couple of weeks ago. What was that bet? That Godwin was going to be the better receiver for the rest of the season. Oh, I don't think that made him the better receiver this one game when okay, Mike well, Evans was putting up. He's going to have to catch up because he's already down two touchdowns and 134 yards. That's like two games worth of production. Who, Evans or Godwin? No, Evans is down right now. But since what point are you measuring? The whole season? No, we we measured a couple of weeks ago when we made the bet, and we said for the rest of the season, Godwin's going to be the better receiver. And Godwin has such a big lead right now. I'll have to see what week that was from. I think that was two weeks ago, Joe. Okay. I was at your house, and I was sitting there, and you laughed at me, and you shook your head, and you did a little smirk here and little <laughs> that you're doing right now. And I said, okay, Joe, we'll see. And we bet on lunch, and you said, well, I'll buy you lunch anytime. And I said, no, uh, yeah, I want a lunch I because that. I won, not because you'll buy me lunch anytime. Like, Yeah, but the season's not over yet, or Well, Whatever, he just has a long way to catch up, but we'll visit this again next week. But yeah, I mean, Chris Godwin, number one wide receiver. Not worried about him, as I've said. Mike Evans, number one wide receiver. So what? He had 50 yards, four receptions. What are you going to do? Like, like he's still a, I mean, he's still a top 10 wide receiver. Like, so I wouldn't worry about oh, those. Yeah. I mean, anybody can have a mediocre game. And it's not like he had a terrible game where he got you like one point. So I'm, I'm not worried about it. No, yeah, I'm definitely starting both of them. And this is just what it is. Like we said before, there's going to be games where... Godwin is good. There's going to be games where Evans is good. It's just kind of the luck of the draw at this But you point. know who's never going to be good? O.J. Howard. He was Hayden good. Oh, he was good that one know. time against the Cardinals. That one Where he time. had like, where he gave me 12 fantasy points. I knew that week he would have a good game. And then I dropped him right away after I picked him up. And he had one reception for 10 yards. So stay away from that guy. Don't let that name draw you back in. Yeah. Don't let him in your squad at all. Uh, Ronald Jones versus Peyton Barber in the running game. Ronald Jones is still shown to be the better runner. They're still giving the opportunities to Peyton Barber. 11 carries for Peyton Barber, 12 carries for Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones resulted in 51 yards and a touchdown. Peyton Barber under three yards a carry. But Ronald Jones also three catches for 16 yards on three targets. What do you think about him? Is he a reliable RB2 going forward? No, not RB2. Um, reliable. RB3? Yeah, reliable flex, I would say, if you got to throw them out there. I like. I usually always like having running backs in my flex versus wide receivers. I'd be much more comfortable with someone like him being out there. He has RB2 talent, but it's just what is Bruce Arians going to do? And I don't think they're going to, you know, give him 20 touches anytime soon. And, you know, a lot of RB2s are good in that between the passing game and the ground game. So uh, keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on. Yeah, you know, this your favorite was, phrase to keep an eye on them. And this was just a good matchup for the Buccaneers. I know the Falcons were coming off back to back wins and you know, they'd beaten the Saints and they'd beaten the Panthers and everyone was like, Man, they shut out the Saints. Falcons are a terrible defense, so you know, they're back to what they were doing. But looking on at the Atlanta I mean, they're side. They're a terrible defense, but Ronald Jones has scored three touchdowns in the last four games. So correct. He's getting correct. Yeah. So he's a, he's a good flex for me, but somebody that's getting, you know, 12 carries. And they were also winning in this game, which Tampa Bay does not do a lot. So yeah. That's they true. Were, they, like they were leading pretty much most of the game. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just a little bit gun shy when it comes to him because rarely is this offense going to have 34 carries 
versus 28 passing attempts. Like it's usually the other way around and at a higher percentage as well. Yeah, so going over to the Atlanta side, Matt Ryan had an absolute stinker. 271 yards, no touchdown, one interception. Got pulled eventually for Matt Schaub to finish the game. Uh, the running backs, bad. Brian Hill, oh, so man, much for that. I'm so excited about Brian Hill. Yeah, I mean, he showed some promise and then just absolutely blew it when he actually got the job. So Quadre Olsen actually got some work too. Didn't do very good, but did get the one touchdown. Kelvin Ridley... Ends up with a big play at the end of the game in Garbage Town. And it was from uh, Matt Schaub. One touchdown, 85 yards. Matt Schaub is a hell of a quarterback. 14 targets. He was the leading uh, targeted receiver. It is because Julio, he exited for a short time, right? Julio uh, did, yeah. something was wrong with him. Turns out he was okay. But he did leave the game for a little bit, which could have led to Ridley's targets. Um, I'm still going to start up Ridley every week. We're obviously going to start Julio, but at this point, Kelvin Ridley is a locked and loaded start for me in the wide receiver position. Yeah, though, yeah, he's he's obvious wide receiver too, for sure. Like you know, if you have him as your flex, then man, you got a pretty decent team at that point. The one person that does worry me a lot is Julio Jones on this, not because you're ever going to bench him or whatever. I'm that's not what I'm talking about, but he's he's not the guy that's winning you weeks anymore. He's not. Is Julio just like aging out? I mean, this is, I feel like these last three seasons, you know, he has just had an issue and, and maybe it's it's a Matty Ice type of problem or just a Daniel Quinn, which is a coach there type of problem. And they don't use him in the, you know, in the red zone at, at all, like at all. He had four touchdowns the first three weeks of the season and everyone was like, oh man, remember when people used to complain about Julio? He has four touchdowns. It's three consecutive games with touchdowns and he's just, you know, blowing everybody off the roof. The last, what is it, nine games now? He has zero touchdowns. Like, what's going on with that? Like, I, I personally don't think it's a, you know, well, a Matty Ice type of issue. Guy. He's it doesn't matter. A, a, a receiver that big should not, you know, you have to draw plays for him. Like, and focus with, you know, just you have to get him the ball in that zone. He's just too big. He's just fast. Like, he's just too good of a receiver not to see those opportunities. He's never seemed to have the proper coaching, now either. You know, you got Dirk Cutter, who's gone now, but you wasted time with these idiot coaches that you replace every year. And, you know, that hurts yeah, the Dan offense. Quinn shouldn't have had a job there this year. So says I, at least. So says I. Uh-huh. They do have some difficult matches, matchups coming up. Uh, they got the Saints next week. Then they got the Panthers, which isn't terrible. But then they got another tough one, which was uh, the Niners. That's it. They got the Niners. And then in the Fantasy Championship, they have the Jaguars, which could be hit or miss. I'll, yeah, I'd feel comfortable against the Jaguars. More than any other team, really. Yeah, they haven't been doing great, but the what is that one corner? That is the new Jalen Ramsey. Can't remember. Whatever. He hasn't been doing bad. He'll probably cover Julio. AJ Boye, that's it. He'll probably he's cover not, Julio. He's not a new corner. He's been doing pretty good, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's been, not new. No, I said he took over Jalen Ramsey. Oh, he's he the new Jalen Ramsey yeah, yeah, for the okay. team. I thought you were talking yeah. about some like rookie that came out of no, nowhere. No, 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 I was no. like, nah. 
All right, moving on. Denver Broncos, Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. The Battle of the Allens. Which Allen won? Was it Brandon or Josh? Well, I think we know the answer to that it question. Was because Josh. Brandon Allen, only 82 yards. What I don't understand is why he's still out there. You know, I know they say Drew Luck's not ready to be a quarterback, but you might as well just put him out there and see what happens. This guy's getting 82 yards. 82 yards. Yeah, I mean, what does Elway know about quarterbacks? Clearly not much. Yeah. Obviously, he's he was probably just the worst. Yeah, he was probably just coached really well throughout his whole career by Shanahan, and that's why he looked good. Because no, I'm just kidding. He was a pretty good quarterback, but yeah, Brandon Allen just terrible. Like, a, I mean, if if a guy is playing that bad, is when you got to take him out in the second when the second half of the game starts. Because it's like, what's the point? Like, you're just throwing someone out there that he knows he's going to fail. You know, he's going to fail. The whole team knows he's going to fail. It's like, what's the point? Like. You're just doing damage to the rest of your young receivers, which you're full of. You have a you have two pretty decent young receivers there in Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. Like, is this really what you want to put him through? Like, put him at least put in Drew Luck and to see at least if he has a strong arm, just take some chances. Who cares if you, I mean, Brandon Allen only had one interception. Like, just take some more chances. Like, who cares if you get five interceptions if you know you're going to lose the game anyway? Like, just take some shots on the field, see what. You have, like, you're not finding out what a quarterback has by getting 82 yards on 25 attempts. Like, that's just ridiculous. That's a three-yard average. Like, come on, man. Plus, you know, Flacco isn't going to be there long, so you might as well see what's Flacco's going on Flacco's done Locke. there. Yeah, Flacco's done. They're not bringing Flacco back. That was a bad idea when it happened. Everyone in the NFL laughed. Like, <laughs> usually when everyone in the NFL laughs, it's like, okay, you didn't trick everybody. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Like, it's not like nobody has seen what this guy has to offer. They've seen what he has to offer, and it was never much. So, as a result, the receiving game was terrible all around. Philip Lindsay, dude, Philip Lindsay did have 13 carries for 57 yards, over nice. four yards a carry. Royce Freeman, only two for 20. So, I think it's apparent that Lindsay is the favorite here. Uh, Lindsay also won for 11 in the receiving game. Royce Freeman, two for nine. Yeah, and drop Royce Freeman if you have him at that point. Do it. Like, I know a lot of people have been holding him because he was getting you 10 points for, like, you know, probably seven, eight games in a row almost. He was getting you that 9 to 12 range. Just drop him at this point. Like, I mean, this is not the offense. Even if he was the number one running back, it's not the offense to have a player in anyway. Yeah, it's just a bad offense. And they're going to be playing from behind more often than not. So the running back is just not extremely valuable. Even Lindsey being the number one, it's not the best situation. So if we're going to go over the Bills, we got Josh Allen, who didn't do that great, but made the most out of every opportunity he had. 185 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Also 9 for 56 on the ground, so he's carrying that rushing production. This was mostly a ground game from the Buffalo Bills. Devin Singletary with 21 carries, 106 yards. Frank Gore got involved, 15 carries on 65 yards. So it was all pretty good. Everyone pretty good on the ground. Cole Beasley was a kind of a surprise, 6 for 76 and a touchdown. John Brown had that one touchdown pass, that bomb from Josh Allen. So you got your production pretty much out of all the major people on this team. Uh, you mean the Devin two Singletary. major people on this team? Well, you know, John Brown, Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, those are kind of your big... Your big producers. Yeah, Dave, it's really Josh Allen and Devin Singletary. But go on with your spiel, Joe. But it's really only two players. What do you mean? John Brown got almost 10 points. Over 10 points in PPR. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> what? That's not good. No, that's not good. Devin Singletary got you ten points too. His ten points is oh, better yeah, than John that's, Brown's. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because he's a running back, and he had five yards per carry. Like John, John Brown got rescued by a touchdown. Oh, don't say that. John Brown's been good this season. But anyways, all right. Tell me about Devin Singletary because he apparently got something to say. Is he going to be, you know, the clear cut over Gore, or does he clear cut RB two for the rest you? of the season? I mean, Gore I think got a lot of the junk carries just because they're trying to burn the clock and they didn't want to put a bunch of carries on the young kid. But if they need a big play, especially in the running game, they're going towards David Singletary. No doubt about it. Or no or Josh doubt. Allen, obviously. Most weeks it'll probably be Josh Allen in the running game. No doubt about it. John Brown, by the way, almost 400 yards the past five games with three touchdowns. So, boo. Boo-hoo. I still don't like him. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got that Oh, opinion. yeah, because he lit up Miami for 137 yards. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I lit up Miami for 78 yards in week two. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it wasn't even that hard. Yeah, you would have went for more if you had that mustache that you got right now. Thanks. <laughs> all right. So, John Brown, you're not even going to start in a flex going forward? No, not not comfortably. I'm not starting him. I would still obviously start someone like a Ty Hilton who is in a similar situation as uh, Brown is. Yeah, no, I'm not. I just, I just don't like him. He's not reliable. Very matchup dependent. And I feel like if he doesn't have like a couple of big catches, he's not, he's not going to do much. He's not, you know... A guy that's going to get you eight receptions against a decent team, or even six receptions against a decent team. Gotcha. I'm sitting Josh Allen for the rest of the season too. He does not have good matchups, so if you were using him week by week, I think this is the time to drop him and find somebody else. Like Baker Mayfield, although he has a couple of tough matchups in the playoffs, but the boy is just on fire, man. <laughs> he might have been picked up already. Could get a Kirk Cousins or something, probably. Yeah, people are dropping Kirk Cousins a lot. Kirk Cousins has a lot of touchdowns this year. I don't know why people are so gun-shy about him. Yeah, let's move on to the Giants and Bears. The Bears. These are two weird teams right now. Uh, Daniel Jones, 150 yards for two touchdowns. And Saquon Barkley, 17 for 59. As you mentioned, he may be injured or he may just be Hindered by this team. What do you think it is? I mean, it's probably a bit of both, but I think I've obviously watched this whole game in detail. I think I saw a lot of spin moves from Saquon Barkley. And spin moves is with the power, because Saquon Barkley, yes, he's fast and he's extremely elusive. He's still a power runner. He's still a very like strong power runner where he wants to hit you. He had a lot of spin moves in this game. And what those spin moves lead me to believe is that he does not want to have those like direct hits, like full speed to speed hits. That's usually when running backs start to do that. So I think he's still experiencing some type of discomfort or maybe uh, like maybe it's pain or it's an actual injury. I don't know. But Sigmund is definitely not 100%. He did not look like the most athletic player out there every single play like he did pretty much all of last year and the beginning of this year. Yeah, well, a lot of the spin moves, like you said, is the Bears were getting behind the line right away, so he was trying to make something out of nothing. But as you said, normally he would put his head down and go through the lane, so it could be something that uh, was an injury. It could be something that he just thought he was trying to make a play. 
this was a pretty close game, though. 19 to 4 was the final score. So he had his shots and just didn't do nothing with them. Tough defense, so maybe we shouldn't worry about him. Yeah, I'm still starting him, obviously. not Just not as confidently as, you know, a top five pick, obviously. Yep. He could be the biggest first-round bust of the season. Him or Alvin Kamara? Who is it? I mean, Alvin Kamara, uh, I'll, I'll probably say Saquon. His injury was a lot longer than Kamara was. Kamara, when he was healthy beginning of the season, you know, he performed really well. And I mean, Kamara's there's a lot more... of busts in the first round this year. Le'Veon Bell is a bust. I mean, those wide receivers, Odell Beckham is a bust. There's just a lot of busts. David Johnson is a bust. I mean, if you yeah. drafted in the first round this year, there were maybe like, other than half McCaffrey, and no, more than half. Like other, I mean, Devontae Adams, bust. Yeah. Julio Jones, bust. Like McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, they were McCaffrey, good. Michael Thomas are the number like one and two pick. Like boom, boom. And then after that, it's steals that you probably found in like the third and fourth rounds that are going to round out that, you know, first round of the draft. We should have a redraft at the end of the season, <laughs> you know, but like going off like their, you know, yeah, statistics and stuff like that. That'd be cool. But yeah, let's talk about their, the receivers because now the receivers are healthy in New York except Engram because Sterling Shepard was actually back in this game. Yeah, he only had five receptions for 15 yards. None of them did a lot. Uh, Darius Slayton, your boy Darius Slayton, had four receptions for 67 yards. Golden Tate was there with 33 yards and a touchdown. It's pretty murky right now in this passing game. Unless Daniel Jones is getting 350 yards a game, not all these guys are going to be fed properly. Yeah, he could really only support one at this rate. But I think Golden Tate went into concussion protocol, I saw. So he might not be back next week. So that kind of clears things up. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. I think could for be one Sterling Shepard, yeah. Especially for Sterling Shepard. He's been very good when he has been healthy this season. Plus he's getting those targets and those receptions. So he's definitely good for PPR, even though he only had 15 yards. If you're in a full-point PPR, he's still got five catches. And that's not going to be the norm, 15 yards. It was just, you know, again, the Bears, tough D. On the Bears' side of the ball, what do you got to say? The running game I mean, flopped. Mitchell Trubisky was awesome. He had 278 yards. I mean, he was awesome, that's, I guess. Yeah, but um, the real awesome person here was Allen Robinson, the second. There you good, go. good, Joe. You're saying people's names properly. Yeah, he was he was really good this game. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, yeah, it was a season high in yards with 278 yards. And he had the rushing touchdown to save the game. Like, you know, if you, for whatever reason, are a big Bears fan, and we're like, I want to start Mitchell Trubisky because my team's so good. Great, good for you. None of the running backs did anything. I mean, it was really just Allen Robinson, the second in this game, and that was it. Like, just nothing else. I don't think anybody out there, you know, got cocky enough to start Anthony Miller because he had a decent game with six receptions and 77 yards. But, yeah, it was just Allen Robinson. Even the Bears' defense, while they only allowed 14 points, they didn't really do much fantasy-wise as far as, you know, returning a touchdown or getting a lot of sacks. They didn't do any of that. In the running game, didn't do much. Montgomery got a lot of opportunity, didn't do much with it. Cohen didn't do much on the ground either. You know, we always kind of said, Montgomery will get better, he'll get better. He did have one or two games here and there, but not steady production. I think the season's pretty much over for him. There's not going to be a lot of good opportunities coming forward. Is this going to be the Bears' lead back? Or, you know, 
Is this somebody that they just might move on from? No, I think they would move on from their coach before they move on from this guy. And I mean, I think this exact team is going to be back next year, so it doesn't matter. I think this exact team is going to be back starting next Trubisky year. Too? Trubisky too, and they'll probably go twelve and four, and people will be like, "Oh my God, Trubisky is like, I no. can't believe we were talking smack." No, and he's only probably going to throw for like thirty-one hundred yards and like twenty-three touchdowns versus like eighteen interceptions. Like he's not even going to be that good. But yeah, I think they're going to roll back the same team. That and I don't think it's Montgomery's fault, but for Sam, for like fantasy. You know, sanity, I guess. He's a flex at best for the rest of the season. Like, you know, he has a good matchup against the Chiefs, but the Bears aren't going to exploit that. So it doesn't, you know, who knows if it's a good matchup or not, really. Now, your best opportunity, I think, for him is Week 15 at Lambeau against the Packers. Big opportunity there. Especially if it snows. I hope it snows that game. All right, let's go on. Steelers at Bengals. Not much to say here. Um, Benny what do you Snell. mean, Delvin Hodges? Yeah, Delvin Hodges. What are you Hodges. talking about? People scoop him up on your waiver wire. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Devlin Hodges, he's a waiver wire ad? Yeah, man, he had one <laughs> touchdown. That's impressive. It's more than Mason Rudolph has done all year, uh, right? Mason Rudolph. I think he has. I, I think he's, he's even worse than Ryan Finley, who, who <laughs> is going to be benched this upcoming week. For, of course, the Red Rocket, the Red Rocket, whose flames should have never went down and should have kept flowing throughout this whole season. What about Benny Snell going forward? Jalen Samuels, clearly not a running back. James Conner, I still don't think there's an update on him. Is Benny Snell worth the start? 21 for 98, no touchdowns. I don't know. I mean, just... Yeah, because he's... No, no, I'm going to go with no, just because he's he's not going to get you the touchdowns, and it's not like he's been performing well the previous weeks. I mean, against Miami, he had five attempts for 13 yards the previous week. Against the Los Angeles Chargers, he had 17 attempts for 75 yards. Again, no touchdowns. Yeah, I just don't trust it. Like, what, well, he's going to give you, like, to... some carries and some yards, but this team just doesn't score. Like, I think they were trying to make it work with Samuels. Um, in the past weeks, and he did have a goal line carry Samuels and couldn't convert it. Uh, I think he still fell over to the end zone, but they said he did not. So, you know, Benny Snell is worth the ad, I think. You're not going to trust him, you know, 100%. But going into the playoffs, you know, this is a guy that could have some big games. You know, they got the Browns coming up. For a decent defense. Who's decent, but they're not yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, they just score some points on them. They just smacked the Steelers two weeks ago, and something else also happened. And so. then you got the Cardinals. That's a good matchup after that. And then you got the Bills. That's not a good matchup. That's not a good one. Nope. Yeah, and I then don't know. You have if 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 you have Jets. somebody on your team you really want to drop, then go ahead and pick him up. He's 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 still a starting running back. Yeah. So let me put it that way. Do I feel confident in starting him? No, I'll look elsewhere. Because for all you know, Trey Edmonds can split the carries with him next week. Well, yeah, I so. wouldn't start him next week, but I would add him if he's there. You know, it's always good to have a starting running back as an ad. Bengals set of the ball. Tyler Boyd had some amazing catches in this game. Yeah, he usually does. He's usually good for one every like other week. <laughs> 101 yards and a touchdown. He's probably the only receiver that you're going to somewhat trust in this uh, you know, offense. 
We'll see what happens if Dalton comes back. I think he's probably a little bit more reliable. Uh, Mixon for 18 carries, 79 yards. You know, he's going to get the, the opportunity, whether the production comes is kind of random. I think you're still going to start him probably weekly. Yes? No? Yeah, it's a flex option, I guess. I just really hate Joe Mixon at this point. Yeah. He's, he's busting you probably on a have lot of fantasy owners. Well. Yeah. Two. Yeah, you would have to do really well in your waiver wire throughout the season. But, yeah, let's move on to a, to a better Browns. game. Yeah, Not even a better game, man. This game is... Well, it had Baker Mayfield. <laughs> what are you talking well, about? Baker Mayfield, 327, three even touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr. participated. Dolphins. He still participated, Joe. Odell like, needs to play the Dolphins. Have Kareem Hunt got a touchdown. Dude, this team yeah, is stacked. Kareem Hunt is off the chain. I told this team you almost had 500 yards this game. Oh, it was against the Dolphins he said that? Yeah, the oh, Dolphins. Okay. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's 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 good to see that the Browns are playing well. They invested a lot into this season. I'm happy Baker had his three touchdowns and over 300 yards. I'm happy both the running backs got a touchdown each. Like, I like the big, what is what, a big five now in this offense? I like them all a little bit. Some a lot more than others, but, <laughs> like, I like Baker a lot. Landry still killed it, man. Ten receptions, 148 yards, two touchdowns. He's clearly the red zone favorite and the top target on this team. So you definitely got to like Landry, Chubb, Hunt. I don't know. I don't know if I could say Odell. I don't know if I can. Are you confident in Odell going forward? Or is this just the Dolphins? No, I'm still confident in Odell. I'm not confident in him being a wide receiver one. I'm confident that I'm going to start him. I mean, he has... Uh, he still has a high ceiling just because you know what he's capable of. So if I'm going to take a chance on somebody and not think about it, it's going to be Odell. Like, so if you have him, you're still starting him no matter how stacked your team is. You're still going to start him. I'll still start him over somebody like Tyler Boyd maybe. Like, oh, I, of course. I, like I just would. Even though Tyler Boyd like him, has had a better season than him probably, but I don't care. I'm still going to take the risk and start a, a higher potential type of player with a – a quarterback that has more flair in some games. I think next week I'm going to sit Odell against the Steelers. But after that, he has the Bengals and then the Cardinals. But then he takes on the Ravens, who is still a pretty good defense. So it's kind of iffy going forward. I still don't like him. I'm going to sit him next week. I'm going to start him the week Yeah, after. so he doesn't have a good championship game matchup, which would be Baltimore. But, I mean, leading up into the playoffs with Cincinnati and Arizona, like you're starting him. Oh, of course, like, yeah. Surefire starter, wide on, receiver two for sure. On the Dolphins' side of the ball, Kalen Balaj just gets worse. And I heard a stat that Kalen Balaj, since the NFL merger, has the least yards per carry of any running back, which makes Kalen Balaj the worst running back of all time. Well, at least he got a stat, I guess. There you go. Because he's not getting them in fantasy football. And then... Devontae Parker, almost 100 yards. You still rolling with Devontae Parker? I mean, why not roll with Devontae Parker? Yeah, he's not getting you the touchdowns because this is not a type of team that's just, you know, scoring a lot even though they scored over 20 points. But, I mean, last three weeks now, double-digit targets, 69 yards against Indianapolis um, two weeks ago, and then last week against Buffalo, 135 yards, 91 yards this game. Sure. Yeah, he's a very strong play in PPR, and he has uh, you know, some good matchups coming up. Bengals in the championship, Giants the week before. Uh, 
Eagles next week. I mean, like unless they do something weird and like start Rosen, then I would pay attention to stuff like that. If you're starting Devontae Parker in the playoffs, like if Rosen's starting, rethink that process and look at how he played when Rosen was starting earlier in the year before you make the decision to, you know, just be like, yeah, no, he's been playing fine. (laughs) So we got, let's move on to the next game. We got Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. This was another odd game. Yeah, Carolina should have won this game, man. I felt pretty bad that they didn't. They should have won this game. Just a, a lot of missed field goals. Yeah, this was something I wanted to mention to you and I want to talk to you about, and I forgot to talk to you about it earlier. Especially this week, I watched a lot of football this Sunday. There were so many missed field goals. And yeah, I know a couple of them were because one of those games was in the rain and blah, blah, blah. So a couple of them happened in that game, but... Man, the Bears missed field goals. Like, Pinera missed field goals. Uh, Rosas from the Giants missed a bunch of field goals. The Saints missed field goals. The Panthers missed field goals. I think there were, like, 20 missed field goals this this week. And it feels like this whole season, this has been a story where people are just missing a lot of field goals. And I just thought that was really weird that you can, they, you know, your kicker is taking, like, six, seven points away from you a game. Like, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I did see something, and I think... You're right, this has been the season with like the most missed field goals in it. I don't know what it is. They moved back the extra point. That could be it, because we're seeing a lot more missed extra points. Yeah, and it's messing with people's heads, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what it is. There was a lot of bad snaps this week. Snaps on the ground. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Is the long snapper a dying position? Do we need to... You know, get some long snappers going. Well, if it is, then maybe that's on these coaches and not focusing on how to train people. You can sign somebody in your squad and train him for two years while he's doing other things on special teams and whatnot. Like They're not kicking with the laces out. They had the laces in. Come on, man. Come on. You know how to kick the ball. I played soccer growing up. <laughs> well, DJ Moore, what a monster. What do you think? Is DJ Moore a wide receiver number one from here on out? Um, higher than Odell. Higher than Odell. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure higher than Odell. Yeah, I mean, it, just just if you look at what he's done the last four weeks alone and just the way that he's trending, like, I mean, the last four weeks he's averaging like 12, 12 targets per game, averaging around eight receptions a game, averaging 110 yards a game. He finally got to a couple of touchdowns this week, so he probably won you your matchup just by all by his himself. So I don't know if I can say like a top five wide receiver, maybe a top fifteen wide receiver, and I mean that's a pretty deep group of you know in that position. So I think he's the only reliable wide receiver in this offense, other than McCaffrey. Of course. So if Cam Newton is healthy on the team, is DJ Moore this good, or is this a Kyle Allen thing? No, I mean, DJ Moore is a young player, so he's getting better. I don't think he has anything to do with the quarterback. I think a lot of people liked um, Curtis Samuel coming into the season, and I did too because he is the faster of the two. And, you know, a lot of people thought he had, you know, more big play potential. But DJ Moore is a true receiver. The more and more you watch him, the more you realize he has, like, a lot of positive traits, whether it's how well he runs his routes and how quick he looks back at the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, he's... Next year, let's say, I think he's going in the third or fourth round of a draft for sure. Yeah, he could be top 12 next year. He's just very powerful. He has that big play potential, and he could jump really high. That's always good. That is always good. (laughs) Um, 
the Saints, kind of a surprising game. Latavius Murray comes back as the leading back. Only seven carries compared to Kamara's eight. I'm sorry, Kamara's 11, but 64 compared to 54 and a touchdown. Um, you know, Kamara is pretty safe still, even when he doesn't perform on the ground. He goes nine for nine with 48 yards. Saved my butt in PPR at least. And then Michael Thomas, of course, 10 for 101 and touchdown. No surprise to me, Jared Cook, 6 for 8 for 99 and a touchdown. Jared Cook is great. What do you think? Yeah, Jared Cook is great. A lot of people dropped him um, earlier this year, and I was lucky to Try pick him up. Try getting him in our league. I was, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to pick him. I, I tried him in our league, did not succeed. Uh, I was able to pick him up in another league, and he started for me because Kelsey's on a bye this week. But I was like, man, I'm going to be pretty for- fortunate going into the playoffs and have a really good backup tight end in case something happens to Kelsey. I'm not going to have this just, you know, panic mode where I'm like, uh-oh, I don't have a tight end now in a playoff matchup. So, yeah, he's he's progressing really well, and I think his position – on this, I mean, he is the wide receiver too on this team behind Malcolm Thomas, like or Michael Thomas, and that's probably a mistake that the Saints made in the off season to not get some help at that wide receiver position. Um, and I think they're they are going to regret that come the playoffs. But Cook, I mean, Cook is the number two option in the passing game there. So, so Jared Cook or Zach Ertz rest of the season. Uh, Jared Cook. Yep. Just because that Philly offense. Man, Wentz, like, I know people make a lot of excuses for him because he wasn't MVP caliber before he got injured, what, week 13 or or something like that, you know, in in that Super Bowl season. But he just looks bad. Yeah, like, he's just throwing the ball, like, at people's feet. Like, he just looks out of sort. I think it's a mental and maybe a physical thing, but he just does not look like a good quarterback. Like, I, I thought I was seeing like Trubisky playing out there I'm I'm serious like I just I, I was like this is not a good game man like he's just not a good quarterback like he's not like he's not he's definitely on the bottom half I'm just trying to say is he on like the bottom like third or like of the league under that bottom like you know five maybe not the bottom five because there's like a lot of bums out there but he's just a bad quarterback (laughs) like he's just bad like he's getting opportunities i know like people make the excuse that wide receivers drop the ball there and you know they get thrown into interceptions if i have Ertz, yeah i'm shying away from him if i have wentz i'm shying away from him like i'm definitely getting another quarterback at this point in the season like because he's he's getting volume he had 45 attempts and only got 250 yards like come on man all right, well, that was the last game. <laughs> you heard it her first, though. We're what we're really on. Actually, let's just let's just go to that game, since you brought it up. The Seahawks and the Eagles. Um, as you mentioned, Carson Wentz is just garbage. I know the next one is the Raiders at the Jets, but you just talked about Wentz for so long that we're just gonna do this one now. So Miles Sanders, twelve carries for sixty-three yards. Jay Ajayi got some crack at the work. Six carries for 16 yards. Looks like Jay Ajayi is not going to really make yeah. much of an impact. A lot of people are scooping him up. I was like, he's been out I of the league for like, why? He's been out of the league for two years and he wasn't even good. I picked him up because I had, um, what did I have? I got rid of Matt Breda. I dropped Breda. 
I didn't need him. I was just holding on to him for no reason. <laughs> but and then when he J- came up J-J. with it. Yeah, well, because Breda was gone for the two weeks. So I was like, He's whatever. Gone, I'll see, like. you know, JJ with Jordan Howard out. I thought maybe something will happen. Maybe I caught lightning in a bottle. I didn't get nothing. I'm going to drop him this week. Uh, on the receiving side of the ball, Zach Ertz did go 12 for 91 and a touchdown. Still don't trust him. Still don't trust him either. I agree. You know, you got no one else really. You got the rookie, uh, J.J. Arcega, white side. They got, you know, 43 they, yards. They have nothing. Their whole wide receiving core has been Not injured a... this year. Like, what bad luck for a team. And, uh, you know, one of our favorite guys, Dallas Goddard, only 7 for 32, and he did fumble. So, unfortunately, not a bad or not a good game. But I'm still holding on to him if I got him. He could still be a good, you know, tight end two in the future. Yeah, and then let's let's just move on to the other side of the ball. You had Russell Wilson. He played really well this game, obviously, but not in, in a fantasy sense. He only had 200 passing yards, one touchdown, one interception, only 15 rushing yards on the ground. There was there's really only one thing to talk about in this game, and it was Rashad Penny. And what happened there? Well, what happened was Chris Carson fumbled twice in a row. Um, one of the fumbles he was credited for. The other fumble they said was Russell Wilson. I guess the full explanation of what happened was Russell Wilson changed the play at the line of scrimmage, and it uh, was a handoff to Penny, but Penny thought they were still passing the ball, and he had no idea because he didn't even reach for the ball. Russell just touched him with it, and it fell to the ground. So Russell Wilson actually got credited for that fumble. The other one was Chris Carson. So back-to-back fumbles, he got benched for Rashad Penny, who went 14 for 129 in a touchdown. Yeah, he's fast, and he looked fat, too. Like, he looked like yeah. he had a big, well, like, especially. tubby gut, like, when he was running for that 58-yarder, yard but he was fast, man. I was like, dang, I was like, look at this dude run. I was like, I'm going to go outside and see if I can run with my gut facing forward more. <laughs> like, maybe I'll pick up some speed. I didn't, though. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I mean, what does this mean going forward? I'm I'm scooping up Penny. If if he's on my waiver wire, which he is, I think he's in a lot of waiver wires. He's in more than half the waiver wires out there. But I'm scooping him up if he's if I have that waiver wire position and I can and I have an empty spot. I'm scooping him up, especially if you're a Chris Carson owner. Yeah, I'm definitely going to scoop him up because you never know. What if they just? I mean, they did draft this guy in the you know in first, the first round. round. Like they invested a lot in this man because they thought he was going to be you know their next back for the seven eight years. I mean, I'm going to scoop him up. I'm not hoping the worst for Chris Carson because I have him one of my leagues and I I love watching him play. He's a really good running back. But I'm scooping up Penny just because. Yeah, definitely grab Penny. He'll probably be the top waiver wire ad this week. Um, Chris. Chris Carson's not going away, I don't think. He's definitely going to lose some work. You know, maybe it'll become 50-50. Yeah, because this happened earlier in the season, too, and then Chris Carson bounced back with a monster game, and they were like, it never happened. Don't worry about it. I think the uh, the days of 20 carries for either of these guys, though, is not happening, you know, going forward. What do you think? 20 carries for either of them? I agree. Yeah, Yeah. they're probably... Probably Yeah, unless one of them gets, you know, unless Penny gets injured again or something like that. Yep. Uh, As you said, not a lot of work for Russell Wilson, so disappointing in the receiving side of the ball. Malik Turner got a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, only one catch on two targets, but was still the leading receiver with 38 yards. Yeah, I'm still, uh, Tyler Lockett is still the only person I'm 
starting confidently in this offense in the wide receiving core. Everyone else is, eh. Yeah, I mean, this is a weak, uh, you know, secondary, and they didn't do much with it. DK Metcalf was the leader in targets, uh, six targets, only three receptions for 35 yards, though, so nothing special. But, you know, you're going to keep Metcalf. You're going to keep Lockett, you know, keep your running backs. They all have potential. Raiders and Jets. Raiders and Jets. God, this was a bad game. In the game that lost me my week, I started Derek Carr. Should have picked up Darnold and started him. I was thinking about both of them. Derek Carr, was he a fraud? Is he done? Is he done for the season? No, I I just think they had a bad game. I mean, he was never like a surefire starter anyway. I mean, what was he doing to be a surefire starter? Like, he wasn't like, you know, exploding into the scene or anything like that. He was just playing really well. So he was just another option as a streamer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was, I, I was never that big into him. Just, he was more of a, eh, there's nobody else out there. My quarterback's on a bye week. Yeah, whatever. David Carr is, you know, they're playing well. They had a good matchup against Cincinnati last week, and he only had like 290 yards and a touchdown. So he was playing well before that, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not as shocked about David Carr, to be honest with you, as I am about Jacobs. Yeah, he wasn't a week in and week out starter, but he was a reliable streamer. Uh, Jacobs was just a product of the game. Actually, both of these guys, Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs, were both pulled from the game in the third quarter. So they didn't even get to play the fourth quarter. You know, Jacobs only had 10, um, 10 attempts, 34 yards. So, again, it was just because of the game. The yeah. Raiders do have some favorable matchups. And one thing is, by the way, fun factoid, Derek Carr cannot play in the cold. So as long as they're not in the cold, he should be good. Kansas City, Tennessee, that might be a difficult one. Uh, yeah, outside we get Kansas City for sure, and at the Chargers, so they have some good matchups coming up. Don't be afraid, Josh Jacobs owners. This was just a bad game. About Waller, be afraid, Waller owners. Right? What happened? Like, is like did did NFL defensive coaches just figure the kid out? Like, what happened? He's still seeing a lot of targets. He's just not seeing the yards, not seeing the actual receptions. Like, forget about the touchdowns. He's definitely not seeing those these last four weeks. But Yeah, I mean, he was just the second wide receiver option. So I think, the you know, they're just closing the center of the field and you only got to worry about Terrell Williams on the outside. And Terrell Williams is not the best wide receiver one anyways. So I think, you know, they're putting more attention to Waller. And as I uh, as we had mentioned before, you know, two weeks ago on the podcast, I called him a tight end. I don't know why I was thinking he was a tight end. But Hunter Renfro, you know, has emerged. Uh, this game he didn't do that great, but he's getting five targets a game at least, probably more. So that's taken away from Waller. Yeah, I'd be careful with Waller for the rest of the season. I, would, I wouldn't I would drop him, obviously, but if you have a, a spot to fill, try to fill it with another tight end. All right, get Dallas Goddard. Since he's gonna be dropped. Yeah, get uh yeah, get Goddard, I guess if he's there, yeah, that would there's worse Decent pickups. Stack. Yeah. Then looking up on the New York Jets, or should I say the New York Jets in New Jersey. 
Sam Darnold, obviously you stated earlier, you just had a monster game, 315 passing yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown with 16 yards. Le'Veon Bell was, you know, he was pretty good. He got over 100 all-purpose yards, or not all-purpose, but rushing and receiving. No touchdowns, five receptions, but that's fine. Like, at this point in the season, if he's giving you, like, 13 points, you're like, oh, that's cool, man. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I would, I would be that. okay with that. He wasn't giving you nearly enough points earlier, so at least he's giving you something now. But I think it's just, you know, it goes to say that Le'Veon Bell is not going to be Le'Veon Bell for the rest of his career, probably, as long as he's on the Jets. So next year, second round pick, third round pick, what do you think? Third I'll round? say, no, I'll say he goes middle in the second round. Probably, if you're in a 12-team draft, he's probably going like 17th through 20th, I would say. Yeah, he'll probably be taken in the second round. I'm not going to want to take him in the second round, though, unless it's like the end, if I was at the end. Yeah, and it depends what I did on my first round, if I want to take a shot at Le'Veon. If I already have a pretty good running back, then I'm probably looking elsewhere at that point. All right. Last thing. Man, this is crazy. This game just ended. Baltimore Ravens. L.A. Rams, Lamar Jackson with only 169 yards, Bum. but five touchdowns. Bum, Incredible. and he probably didn't even do anything in the running game either. No, just eight rushes for 95 yards. Bum. What is that, like 35 points in fantasy? Oh, God, more than that. That's a 40-point game if you're Bum. in a five-point-per-touchdown league. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the kid's awesome. He just tore through that L.A. Rams defense, like just tore through it. Marcus Brown looked awesome. He had two touchdowns, and both of them came in the first quarter. Mark Ingram, man, keep starting Mark Ingram. The old man's not going down easily. Or actually, he's not an old man. He's like 26, I think, or 27. No, he's 30. Mark Ingram is 30 already? He is not 30. That's crazy talk. Look it up. That's why I kept saying about Justice Hill. He only has to pass a 30-year-old man. Justice Hill tonight had some opportunity. He had some nice runs. He's 29, Joe. He's not going to be 30 for another month. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be 30 Jeez. by the end of the season. He's 30 years old. Okay, well, he still looks good, though. He does. Anyway, he does. old man Mark Ingram, the Maybe second. Maybe he'll be, uh, you know, the next Give you four. a great game. He did Maybe. give you a great game, but I'm just saying he didn't. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying nah, well, he's old. It's called ageism, Joe. But anyway, <laughs> Gus Edwards got a lot of carries in this game. That was cool to see. Was it? Sure. How cool is Gus Edwards? I don't know. I like the name Gus. The Gus bus. Um, The Rams, terrible. Jared Goff, not a quarterback. 212 yards and two interceptions. That was like watching Mitch Trubisky play. That was even worse because Mitch Trubisky at least makes like funny faces. Jared Goff just makes sad faces. (laughs) Todd Gurley, 6 for 22. Bad game there. The receivers, all bad news. Uh Robert Woods, the leader, 97 yards. Cooper Cup, only 35 yards, 10 targets. So uh, Cooper Cup was a top three receiver. Now he's plummeting thanks to Jared Koff. Are you confidently starting Cooper Cup as your wide receiver one? Yeah, I'm. Oh, it's, he was yeah, a wide I mean, receiver one. Yeah, I'm still starting him. I don't know if I'm starting him as. If I was ranking them, I wouldn't start him as a wide receiver one. But yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still starting him. 
just be- a couple easy matches. Yeah, just up. just because I I know he's still a good quarterback. I know this offense still has potential in it. I think they're just like bummed out by the way the season's going, and the the running game is obviously giving them like no room. So like nobody's tagging the boxes anymore for Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley's not Todd Gurley. But yeah, only nine carries this game. Like for for this offense, only six for Todd Gurley. Like man, the good times are gone. Oh. The arthritis took it away. Yeah, arthritis will get you. I got my 72-year-old da- old dad. He said he's starting to feel it a little bit. <laughs> well, so, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, Dark also, arthritis. if you picked up Baltimore's defense earlier in the season, people were dropping them a lot because, you know, they were getting lit up. They finally got healthy, so good for you if you stuck with them or picked them up earlier in the season. You have, like, a top five defense right now. They You can confidently keep rolling out there regardless of they're playing. There you go. The championship winning defense right there. But that's it. That's all I got to say about that. Nothing much more from this game. It just ended. So I don't have a lot of interesting flowing ideas here. Yeah, neither do I. But I just want to say thank you for listening, guys, though. Because I missed Joe last week. And I don't think Joe missed me. But I'm sure you guys all missed us. Uh, Well, you know, I was in Hollywood. So it was hard to miss anybody. But I did miss your Molly. And I'm glad to be back. And I'm glad to keep this going. Everyone, please like, rate, review, subscribe, email us, Instagram us, Facebook us, whatever, Twitter, at FFF Joe LaPenta. We need to hear some feedback. We're going to come back with the starts and sits in the next couple days. Um, God, it's Thanksgiving. We're going to be giving thanks. Maybe we'll give, maybe we'll give thanks to our favorite fantasy players on the next episode. Someone that's really helped you. sure will. Someone that's really helped you this year. My thanks. Maybe give Chris Godwin. I called it before the season. Dear Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. There you go. All right. Love letters slash thanks. (laughs) All right, guys. See you soon. Thanks. Bye. See you guys. God bless America. (laughs) 